Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the World of Trucking podcast, the place where we talk about all things to do with supply chain and logistics. Today is an awesome day. I'm joined here by some great guests, John and Johnny. So this uh, studio is going to be full of some Johns today. Good luck, Travis and Rick. Um, how you guys doing, man? Welcome to Vegas. Doing good. Doing great, awesome. man. So everyone's going to ask. I know this question, but who's John? Who's Johnny? I'm Johnny. Awesome. I'm John. <laughs> so we'll do some background here really quick. It was about the middle of December of 2020 and I got the phone call and for people, I'll back up here a little bit for people that don't know when you convert into about 10 trucks and John actually might correct this because uh, some of your background of this, but when you go to 10 trucks, they convert you over to what's called a fleet. And I got the call from our agent saying, Hey John, the uh, insurance called up Lou, uh, 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 Lou from the insurance company called up. He wants to meet with you guys next week. Uh, after having a slight stroke, I was like, okay. And I, I tried to come up with a plan to how we can, we push this out a little bit because it was important. I knew they were going to go into safety and whatnot. Luckily our insurance, uh, our mutual contact, uh, Cameron Pichy, which he was on this podcast a few episodes ago, recommended me to John. I don't think I've made a quicker phone call in my life. I usually, I usually procrast, procrastinate a bit. Please help. <laughs> John and Johnny were awesome. Um, I was just basically, you know, he was walking me through the program, which I took very importantly, I want you to know. But my main question was like, cool, cool. When can you be here? Like, when can we be to Idaho? And these guys jumped on a plane immediately. I think we met the next week and they spent time with us. And it's actually, everything's been kind of history since then. Um, their company is Synergy Solutions, and I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. It's more than just trying to get fleets into a fleet program. Um, you guys are honestly one of our closest partners and actually helping us get to where we're at now. So before I go much further than that, what is Synergy Solutions and what is it to you? Well, so Synergy Solutions, we, we are... Um, safety management, transportation management, business development, company we we help uh our clients uh achieve what they can't do on their own uh, when it comes to safety and and um, developing a good strong safety program um, and that involves every aspect of the business so we get involved in you know helping with with business structure get involved in helping develop policies procedures driver training onboarding um, accident mitigation uh, you name it if it's if it's got wheels and you're, you're having to manage it, we're, we're involved. So we, uh, you know, we, we take the mentality of, of, uh, becoming the capacity for our customers and helping them develop what they know they need to develop, but they just don't have the time or the ability to do it or, or sometimes the know-how. So, um, that's really why we do what we do. Um, we get beyond compliance. Compliance is the floor. We're pushing our customers to the ceiling get them above the public and the, the DOT expectations and really help them soar above the bottom feeder type companies that we see in the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. So, which is all too often you right. know, in this, in this industry. And so how did I, how did you guys start Synergy? What's the story? Like, where did it begin? So kind of the way Synergy began was um, I had this bicycle that I, I had been given by somebody and it was, you know, shifter girl's bike. My daughter wouldn't ride it and I was gonna get rid of it. So, I knew John did a lot of charity stuff with, with families. And so I called him up and said, Hey, I have this bike. I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, give it somebody who's going to use it. And he said, yeah, I could take it. So I said, well, I'll come by your house and give it to you. So I went by his house. We're standing out in front of his house talking. And, and John tells me about a conversation he had with one of his, his, his people that he dealt with was his job and in insurance. And he said, you know, 
I get all these companies that I write recommendations for. He said, you know, one of them told me, hey, I'd like to hire you because I need a, you know, $150,000 safety manager, but I can't afford one, you know, or $100,000 plus. And he said, you know, if I could hire you for a quarter of the time and I could get three other companies to hire you, we could all have this high powered safety manager. And, you know, and John kind of expressed his frustration about the fact that he could write these recommendations for him and couldn't help him. And, and you know, I, I had a consulting company doing warehouse at that time. That's what Synergy was doing when we first started. And I said, you know, why don't you come join me? And so we started, we got to talking about it. And uh, shortly after that, I signed a, a customer to help start up. And I just, you know, I talked to John. I said, why don't you come over and help me with this? And he's like, I'm in. And, and we just took off from there. You know, it was our chance to start, you know, doing the things that he had suggested for these companies for, what, two years, three years, however long you were there. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to come in and say, well, the recommendation is you put in policies. We'll come in and help you put the policy in. We'll write the policy. We'll help you train your employees on it. We'll help you actually do it. Um, so it, that, that's kind of how we started, just over a bicycle. That's awesome. And I, I can tell firsthand, I mean, again, you guys both came to our uh, humble little office in Idaho Falls. And one of the cool things was, uh, while you came first, we were, we were, you guys already had ha most all the policy set up, um, uh, you know, for us, which was awesome. And it was cool because you dove into it like an auditor which I, I didn't realize at the time because it was the first time we went through that, but you dove into it just like that and it was point after point, not a judgmental thing. It wasn't here, I'm going to take you down, but ask you the tough questions. And there was a lot of them, which was good. Yeah. And it would put you at that 150 truck fleet, you know, those questions. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, th that gave me a lot of confidence. And I saw the next time you came out, we actually had the auditor, you came back out with us when he showed up. And it was cool because John had the confidence because he was an auditor for an insurance company. So he knew exactly, and they, they were able to connect on that basis. And as, as you know, Rick and sales, I mean, having that connection instantly like gives you the credibility. That guy was basically in and out. I think he had one recommendation, which yeah. we had already been working on. Yeah. And, and and so that's that's really cool. And when did you guys start Synergy? Or when did you start Synergy? Um, I started Synergy in January of 2020. You started in 2020? Yes. Oh my goodness, when did the safety fire up? Started March of 2021. Yeah. Wow, guys. And you guys are, what do you, how many, uh, how many employees are you, or like uh, team members are you up to and, and how many trucks? Yeah. So we're, uh, I think we represent almost, I think we're getting close to a thousand trucks represented. Wow. And uh, we've got four consultants total, if you count me and Johnny. And, and then we have, and we have another partner, Jesse. He, he, he joined us in September of last year and we made him partner in January just because he came, he came on board and he just was fired ready to go. up, man. He was, <laughs> Love it was people. so cool. Yeah. Um, and I, and I worked with Jesse in the past, so I, I knew what he was capable of, but, um, and then we hired, uh, we hired Mark, um, who we all had a relationship with, who's been a long-term safety manager in the industry. And, and then we've added, uh, um, we've got three camera management, two camera management people, and we've got um, two administrative staff as well that help help out. So really in a year and a half, we've grown to, what is that, eight people, almost nine people. Um, we have a new consultant coming on board probably in September um, in the, the Georgia south Southeast area. Um, super excited about that. Um, he's got the same experience that I do and it's hard to find uh, it's hard to find people who do what we do because I mean the world's full of consultants but the world's not full of consultants like us mm -hmm. and so we need we need people who have had the same mentality the same same background same standards for the industry that we have and so we're very choosy in who we add mm -hmm. um, 
we could add we could add four people right now and be be just fine but you want that quality i want, carry I want the quality of people so we want we want hands-on people people that, that don't just know safety but know how to implement safety because yeah. that's really the key that's it's really easy to say you can get on the internet and find any policy find any you know you should do this you should do that dot will tell you but actually doing it and actually figuring out in that business you know because that's kind of the trick is you get in businesses you know your structure or somebody else's structure every structure is different so figuring out how do i get you to actually do it i can tell you all about it as a consultant but i really what you have to do is get them to actually do it because that's 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 where the quality is that's where the you know, that's where they get their bang for the buck, right? Right, absolutely. And that's also what really sets you guys apart from what I understand, right? Actually staying on board, helping them, coaching them through it, holding their hand when the auditor comes so John doesn't shit himself, you know? I mean, those right. those little things make <laughs> yeah. a big difference between Synergy and a lot of the management right. uh, companies that are out there. Is that correct? Well, and I think the biggest part to it is, and, and really in your case, John, was getting you ready for that audit, right? And we had, we had 14 days to get you ready for that audit, right? And... Um, I, you know, I think, I think being able to develop everything for him beforehand. So we got that phone call from you, then we developed everything and then we came on site and we rolled everything out essentially, um, it gives us kind of that advantage. It helps us to, to be prepared for that audit. Great. Now we got the foundation. Now we can start mentoring you and coaching you into how do you make these things work the way you need them to work? Cause I can build you all the policies in the world. But if I don't teach you how to actually implement those and get your buy-in from your, your employees to make it effective, then then it's it's a complete waste, right? And so that's what you see in the industry. You see these consultants that come out and they say, great, I'll build you these policies and I'm going to build this entire program for you and I'm going to charge you 75 grand and then here you go, go manage it. Well, if I, if I could do that, I would do it on my own, right? You just don't have the capacity to manage it the way you need to. So... We build it, and then we oversee it. And when we start seeing stuff slip through, we bring it to your attention. Hey, this this is this is sneaking through, or this is a potential hazard, and we should mitigate that before it becomes a loss, right? right? Well, and so. some of that is, you know, when, when and John John developed our process, our audit process. But that that dig into that audit. Some of that's also looking at who should own this. Where, where do you have capacity to manage this? Right. And trying to figure out how can you really implement this, being the customer. How, and you know what do we need to help you do? But but where should this fit? Because when you look at a trucking company, you know uh, in the mindset sometimes, especially if they came from big companies, I'm going to have this one safety person who does all safety. When the reality is, is your dispatcher talks to your driver s- several times a day sometimes. So what can the dispatcher manage? You know what can the person? If you do have HR, what really needs to go in HR, and what might go to the manager? You know, there, there's all these little things you can spread out. And and you know when John digs through it, that's one of the things we look for is, you know, where do you have capacity? You know, who does what? Who could really own this? If you're onboarding a driver, can, can we give that to one person? And, and how, how does that work? So. Yeah, one thing that's really, really cool about um, the team at Synergy that I can, you know, say is that you guys are truly act and truly are mentors. Meaning, what I mean by that is you will hire people and they will kind of keep it to themselves. Like, I hired John and Johnny and they're like, you know, we'll handle it. We'll handle your safety. But there's no insight there. I mean, one thing that we talked about is we just hired Nikki. At that time, I mean, who was a, a administrator for many years. I mean, she's awesome. She's great and follows up and whatnot, but she wasn't a safety manager. Yeah. And she's developing into that position. But you guys came on, you know, um, you know, we, um, we're we going to be with you for at least the two years, you know, but I think it's the greatest investment we could make because you guys came on saying, we're going to help mentor Nikki to become that, mm-hmm. meaning that your arms were open, saying we're going to help you become a better version of yourself and grow, which I think is really cool because, I, you know, 
that's a way that makes me want to keep you guys well into when we have a couple hundred trucks because having that mentorship is invaluable you know, and, and being able to reach out to you guys, I've already called, you know, and you always answer the phone when you're in Florida and meetings, I mean, you guys are everywhere saying, Hey, we were just in this accident. What do you think? And having that assurance, you know, if Travis and I are talking about it, we didn't come from that. So I'm talking to Travis and then we're feeding off each other being like, Oh, it might be over. Like this wreck happened. And Travis <laughs> like, well, yeah, this might be, but I call, we call up you guys and um, you're Get actually your passport. <laughs> yeah. Elmo with the fire behind him. Get your passport. And um, so I, you know, first of all, congratulations on that. I think that's really cool. And I think that's the business model of the future. I mean, without a doubt um, is being, being that way. You know, uh, Johnny, Johnny referred the first time he went out with me on a, on an onsite, he referred it to me doing a B and E. I kick the door in, I slap everybody around. <laughs> And then, and then we're giving hugs afterwards, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's because because we're, we're we're not having the hard conversations. Um, you know, some of these consultants that are that are in the industry, you know, it's it's hey, do you have a DQ file? Great, right? Well, how does a DQ file stop me from crashing the truck, right? And that's really what we have to get to. We'll we'll help with compliance. Not a, not a big deal. The first two weeks with us, we're going to knock compliance out and we're going to move on because there's deeper things that are allowing human beings to to die. Right. And that's what it's about. It's about how do we how we become better stewards of human beings. Mm -hmm. We became business owners yeah. because we wanted to help human beings better their lives. Right. So why wouldn't we make that a priority in every aspect of the business? And, and I think that's that's uh, if we're not having the hard conversations, we're missing out on those opportunities to be good stewards of human beings. I love it. Man. I think you can have them because it's not the. You know, you have a regular consultant that come in and tell you everything's wrong with you. You know, typically if somebody comes and tells you everything's wrong with you, you go, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. You know, thanks, Dr. Obvious. You know, and, and, and when John does that or, or when Jesse or even myself does that, when we do that with a customer, it's let's find out what's wrong and now, now let's work together on how we fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, where can I help you fix it? You know, where can you help yourself fix it? It's really focused on we're going to identify it to make you better versus just tell you everything that's wrong with you. And, and I think that's kind of the, the miss in a lot of consulting is I'll come in and share all my expertise and I'll tell you everything you should be doing that you're not doing. And then I'll see you later. And, you know, we kind of go, hey, let's let's find everything that's wrong. And then we're going to own some of that. Right. You know, we're going to, you know, to your point, we, you know, we're going to give you policies and we're going to help you roll those out. And we're going to help, you know, we, we do training on how to, how to, you know, coach your drivers. So we'll teach you how to coach your driver properly. You know, we're going to, we're going to have ownership in you being successful versus just telling you what's wrong with you. And we'll come back a year later and tell you all the same stuff still wrong with you. You know, oh, we, we want to come back a year later and say it's fixed. That's all I was doing at insurance was writing the same recommendation letter over. I didn't, I didn't want to be that again. Um, and I was probably more hands-on in the insurance world than I should have been, um, than maybe what I was allowed to be, but that was, that was my nature. I wanted to help these people. They were struggling. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think, I think if, if, if all I'm going to do is, is come in and tell you, Hey, this is what you should fix and then leave it to you and charge you a massive amount of money to do that. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not following my standards. Well, and Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and the one of the worst things I've seen with a lot of management companies is when they do get there, they kind of lay like you, I think you called it the, it's, it's just the, the base procedures that you can go online and look up that's on, you know, the DOT standard, essentially, they're like, okay, so this is what you need to do. And, he, you know, and to your point that then they're hands off. And on top of that, it's, it's, that's not a, 
you know, that's something that they can go access and find, I guess, is what I'm getting at. That's just the base minimum criteria to say, okay, you're active, you're in service, you can go move freight. You know, that doesn't mean that that's the best that company can possibly be, that they're the greatest human or the, the greatest trucking company they can be. There's, there's much more to it than that. There's something to separate themselves from the pack. Um, and a lot of management companies that I've seen consult fleets that I work with, um, the handful that have, you know, that's, they kind of stop at that level. It's like, well, yeah, you, here's a criteria, you meet it, okay, you know, moving on, right? right. And, and that's not always the story. There's better ways to do each individual facet of the business. And then there's a ton of different parts of the business, you know, um, anything from safety to driver hiring to, to trucks to, you know, it, it does, a million things, right? So well, that other stuff gets in the way of, of operating safely. You know, you said hiring, that's one of the things we see in, in almost everybody we go into. Is you go in and they go, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not being safe because I can't get enough drivers. And then you look at their their onboarding process and, and just give it, we just did a deal about this recently, but you look at their their ad, and their ad is a whole list of rules, you know, written by HR. Here's all the things you have to do. And I, you know, the first thing we tell them is, hey, if I'm a driver, those aren't the questions I'm asking. I'm asking how much can I make? When will I be off? When will I be home? How much do I have to touch the freight? Make your ad around the things that matter. So, you know, we have a customer who does kiosks, for example, and their ad was all these, you know, you must lift this this much, walk this far, you know, whatever, all that crazy stuff. And we're like, why don't you tell them what you do? Because their job is actually very easy. It's a, you know, basically a Monday through Friday daytime job. And I'm like, there's a lot of truck drivers looking for that. Like you have a very desirable job. So why don't you let them know what you're doing? Because if you solve that, if you solve that, hey, I'm not, I'm not just taking anybody, I'm getting a good flow of people in. And I can, then I can manage them. Then I can operate safe. And, and really, and I think you guys probably see this, you know, in your businesses, you know, shippers expect you to be safe. Absolutely. There's, there's, that's changing. It used to be, I'll take anybody who shows up and that's, that's really changing. So, you know, we're seeing businesses that struggle because they, they didn't embrace safety and they're struggling getting freight. Right. The foundation isn't built for it. To your point, Rick, I, I'm sure you guys maybe relate to this sometimes. It's like legal zoom for lawyers. You know, a good attorney, you know, there's, I'm sure they got a million jokes in the back burner for legal zoom about, I printed up my operating agreement for my business or, you know, how I got a divorce on legal zoom or whatever it might be. And you can do the same thing with safety, but you know, if I could put you guys in the scenario, we were at, uh, we actually, we didn't even have a table at that time. We took our two desks and our three desks and we all put them together and Johnny had his laptop open. He already had half of these policies done. I was sitting there. He was in there just <laughs> whipping them up as we were talking. I was sitting there being like, okay, let's get this done, you know, and, uh, you know, to go, but didn't know what to expect. Nikki's on the other side. And, and you know, these guys came into the building. They already had, I mean, they had the policies up. They even took the time, you know, Johnny even took the time, put our little logo up on the top, you know, make it special to us and recreate that. But a lot, when we went through tons, I don't even know at this point, but it was about, it was probably exactly that time. It was probably around, uh, that was the end of December, I think right before Christmas. And you, you guys probably started hearing me talk a lot about policy procedure, policy procedure. Policy. Yeah, I stopped taking his calls. It was getting ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the only one talk about. But it, my uh, God, I'm safe, John. I get it. <laughs> but it was, and that turned into more, it turned into that culture that you're talking about. And and actually, you mentioned something. You mentioned that exact thing to me, Johnny. I remember that you said, "Don't bother putting all this, you know, requirements in there. Um, you know, let's let's focus because that that's true. I actually spoke to a recruiter a couple of years ago. I talk about it." And it was the most disheartening thing. It, was, it wasn't a recruiter. It was a recruiter, a recruiter consultant. And their actual words to me were something around the lines of, listen, we got to get guys in the pipeline, put whatever it takes. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's just not our belief in the way we run our company. 
And it made me feel sick to my stomach. And it also made me realize where every other company is probably going wrong, that they're willing to say, it's that scared they need drivers. They, you know, they're, they're worried. They got to fill trucks up. So they're like, okay, I'll put, you know, average, like Travis always jokes about the 2000 to $3,000 average. And you're like, that makes no sense. And, you know, all this stuff. And it's not being truthful to the drivers. At the end of the day, that's what drivers want. Well, we've created this stigma in the industry that, that it's okay to be held hostage by drivers, right? Or the short of drivers. Now, you know, we sat on some panels here a couple of weeks ago um, in Dallas for uh, Line Hall Summit. And the, uh, you know, there, there were several people there that, that were really concerned about, you know, setting expectations. If I set expectations for my drivers, then they're going to leave. And if I make those expectations too hard, they're going to leave. And it's like, well, the first thing you need to do is look yourself in the mirror and go, why am I afraid of my drivers? How come I'm being held hostage by my drivers? And so, you know, to, to the point you made earlier, John, when, you know, we go into companies and we see that they got this 90 page driver manual and we're like, great, did your driver know every piece of that driver manual? Have we set the expectations clear on that manual? And we take that 90 page manual and drop it down to a 14 page manual that's easier to digest. And, and so, many, so many companies say, well, hey, read this. And it goes in the backseat right. and I'll read it when I, when I have time. And that usually is never. And so we haven't set the clear expectations. And then when we go to terminate them because they're not meeting your expectations, they're surprised. And all of a sudden you build that culture of, you know, you don't care about me because you didn't take the time to mentor me on your expectations. And, and that's really the foundation of what we build is let's, let's teach expectations. Let's be transparent with our people and, and, and treat them like human beings instead of transactions. Absolutely. Well, people want to work for a professional company. So when they come into like your company and, and you say, here's our process, here's our policies, here's how we do business. And I'm going to teach it to you. That's drivers like that. They like certainty. You know, I, I always joke because truck drivers eat the same lunch every day. They don't like change. So they want to know, give me the rules. Tell me, tell me what you need me to do. Tell me what a good job looks like. And, and I'm going to go do it because they want to get in the truck and they want to, they want to call you. They want to, when they talk to you, it's because they called you. They don't want you calling them. That's, that's the nature of being a truck driver. I want to run my own business. So you're just kind of setting those boundaries. And I mean, John talks about it a lot. If you have a good safety program and you have a good structure, that's who they want to work for. You know, people get this myth in their mind of they don't want to work for me because I'm, you know, they don't want to work for a company that's going to hold them accountable. They don't want to work for a company that's going to have operating roles. They do because that's 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 certainty. You're not surprised. You don't all of a sudden go, well, you're in trouble. I had no idea I was in trouble. Nobody told me that rule. I'm taking a test I didn't study for, you know. It's they like that. They like to just know, hey, you know, we talked about this earlier. I know what I'm going to make. I, I know what I have to do. It's easy. They like consistency. Yeah, I mean, I love that too. I, I really do. They, they they teach you in basically every single position I've held has been in some form or facet of sales, right? And and one of the things everyone will tell you, and if they don't, they're they're missing the they're missing the mark is clearly define and clearly define and state the the roadmap to to what the customer has to go through in order to get to the end goal of purchasing a vehicle or whatever the case scenario is, right? And and the reason you want to do that is because it, everything starts to make sense. Right, you know, the customer understands why we're going to the next step, and then the next step, and the, where we're slowly walking to. You know what I mean? It's no surprise. It's not. It's not confusing. They don't feel like they're wasting their time. It's not a 90-page manual full of bullshit that they don't want to hear. Right? It's it's 14 pages of definite information that's packed full of valuable content that they can read through and learn something every single sentence. Right? I mean, that's extraordinarily important. I don't want to waste my time. Nobody has time to waste. Right. You know, and 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 that's what they're looking for. And the other thing to to 
you know, go back to, you know, being scared of losing drivers. I mean, I think a lot of the issue in the industry when it comes to drivers is the idea of not working for a professional. I mean, that that's scary. There's a reason that they want to be employed by someone and they don't go out and take the risk to do it themselves, right? They're looking for someone to take some of the risk and in return, they're willing to give up some of the profit, right? They're looking for protection for them and their family. And, uh, and uh, a company that can clearly state how they're doing that is, is, is critical. I mean, why would a driver just come work for you if you're basically like, I don't know, what do you want? What can I do for you? You know, I mean, they, they want to be treated like human beings, sure. But they also want to understand what the expectations are for their employment, right. you know. And, and I think the, the, the employee handbook is a critical portion of that. That is really cast aside in most case scenarios. And it's not just driving. It's, it's all industries. Well, if, if you think about it, uh, human beings are drawn to, to, to boundaries, right? And structure. I mean, organized religion and all that, right? It, it's, it provides structure. And, and, you know, I think when you, you look at when you're raising your kids and, and you know, I, I had a moment in my life as a child that I had good structure and then I had a moment where I didn't have good structure and I fell off the edge, right? And I think if, if, if you treat managing your business the same way you would providing structure and care, compassion, and empathy the same way you would if those were your family members, then, then you'll have, you'll have long-term And you say something, you actually, I want to, you say something about this in, in your bio, you know, about treating your companies like family. And st taking a step back here, what got you? Because you're you are diehard in safety. When you talk about safety, it becomes it's a, a bit of an emotional conversation. Where did that start? Where did that begin? Like what what happened to you? Oh man! So <laughs> I was uh, I was a driver um, doing. I was pulling doubles over um, Highway Six going into Salt Lake from from Grand Junction, Colorado. Yeah, and I. So I, I was at the bottom of Big Billy's there, I think is what they call it. And just right as you come out of the, or going into the canyon, Spanish Fork Canyon. And I'm in a, I'm in a snowstorm and um, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a rookie driver. I'm like six months into me having a CDL. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, what do I do? <clears throat> I'm pushing a foot of snow. Do I, do I stop and chain up? You know, I, I, I just, I just felt this nagging feeling that I should stop and chain up, so I did. And I'm I'm rookie, so I got all my drives chained up. I got a steer <laughs> steer tire. Full dress. I got a drag chain on. I'm like I'm freaking out. Right, this is the first major snowstorm that I've driven in, and and these trucks are just blowing my doors off and just just flying by me. And I'm like, man, am I just am I super green? And and I went back to what my trainer said, and and the trainer that I spent a lot of time with at that company, he told me, follow your gut. You know, your gut will never, never lead you, lead you astray. And, you know, and I'm new at pulling doubles too, right? So when I went through two weeks of doubles training, I had all the training that was necessary. And so I did, I followed my gut, I chained up, drove up the mountain and that first, first truck that blew my doors off, went head on through a motorhome, scattered the family across the highway. And, and, you know, I never thought I would have to dodge bodies in a truck. And, and that's really what changed me saying to myself, like these, these are human beings that somebody should have cared about, right? 
And not only did that family of the motorhome lose their life, but the guy who went through the motorhome lost his life too. And it's probably because he didn't have a leader standing behind him saying, hey, these are important. These, these practices, these procedures, these processes are important. And this is what I'm gonna hold you, hold you accountable to. And, and so that's why when I had a drive for safety that we needed to do something different in the industry so we could minimize families dying on the highway. And I have a, I have a genuine love for mankind. I mean, that's, I just, I'm naturally an empath. And, and so seeing that, like, I mean, it, it hurt me, right? right? It, it, it destroyed my, my, my faith in mankind at that moment in the industry. And, and so, I wanted to change that. And then several years later, I, I mean, I kept growing in that company. I was going to become a manager and, you know, I other opportunities opened up. It's when I met Johnny and, you know, I, I worked, I worked with Johnny, really worked for Johnny um, in my new position after I left being a driver. And I took that, that experience with me and um, that forever changed me. Right. It was that one, it was that one Some, experience. Somebody died. Because yeah, really. we didn't hold ourselves accountable in the industry. Yeah, there, there is that always a thing in the back of our heads that, that tricks us. And it's kind of one thing that lets us get through life. It lets us walk out the front door, but we think, God, oh, that's not me. That won't yeah. happen to me. And until it does. Until it does. Right. And it, it, it's something. And I'm, I'm sure when he came to you, Johnny, you were probably like, you probably saw that passion in him to, you know, work out. Oh, it took me, what, three times? Well, yeah, I turned a job down. Went after him three different times, <laughs> finally got him. <laughs> That's, you got the you got the salesman heart. Well, I mean, I, that's I think that's where it rings so true with you guys, and that's why you guys are changing this and making it that mentorship because you do want to make the change, and you are making the change. So I'd be proud of that, you know. And and actually, at uh, at breakfast, uh, they they mentioned to us they actually you know let client go because they weren't listening to their you know you know what they what they were trying their structure or their you know policy, and I think that's really cool because guess what that means they're saying no more money so the greed obviously the the objective and their mission is much more important than the money yeah. which will pay off yeah. you know leaps and bounds in the end as we all know but it's hard to do that especially as a new company you know well and it's never been about the money for us it's i mean yeah we need to take care of our families and we have people that are relying on us to take care of their families as well but you know we've we've signed on customers that said look we're struggling and and you know we look at their program and go you really need us so let's let's come to some common ground where where can you you know meet us where where do you need the most help and we can get creative in how we we build our pricing structures to to help our customers um, and and you know we've got customers that started out with twenty five trucks and then um, you know they they either lose some or they they you know started downsizing because they need to to scale back and our price moves with that right so um which i think is not very common in the industry you see a lot of that hey you're gonna you're gonna pay me an hourly rate and it's usually 175 to 225 an hour and we're not like that it's based off the size of your fleet and all that so yeah. it's, it's it's important I think one of the hardest things to do too is is going to a client, especially a large one, and saying, "Hey, you know what? I just don't think this is a good fit." Right. You know, I mean, like you said, you you do have mouths to feed, and you do have a family to care for. You got a business to scale. That revenue allows you to do so, and and so on, and you can help more people if you have that revenue. But but if it doesn't fit the the protocol or the mindset of the the mission of the company, I mean, that's a that's a call you have to be willing to make, and and. Um, I think there's very, very, very few businesses that are willing to make that call. 
And then typically there's management in place that keeps you from making that call anyway. Well, we can't lose them. Right. No, we can't do that. You know, I think for both of us throughout our careers prior to this, you know, for me, I know one of my biggest things was I just love to see people do good. You know, I know people all over the food distribution industry that are managers, vice presidents, you know, whatever. And, and, and I just think it's really great. I always wanted people to do better than me in that industry. And I think that's kind of how we look at it. You know, when we looked at that company, it's, they're not somebody we, we would have been proud to be with. I wouldn't have went to my wife and said, look, look at this. We're, you know, I have you guys on Facebook, so I'm always showing her pictures of origin, for example. So, you know, it, it's neat. It's, you know, it's pride. We want to be proud of the people we do business with. We want to see them do well. We want to see them get better. We want to see them, their business grow and them, you know, people in their business grow. And, and, and I think that's the exciting part, the relationships and the people we get to meet and go, well, I met you, you know, you were a, a limo driver, for example, because we have a limo customer. Now you're a, you know, you're running the office and you're, you're recruiting drivers and you're training drivers or whatever it is, being able to see them get better, being able to see them go, Hey, look, look at what we're doing. You know, for me, that's really, and I think for John too, that's pride. That's, they're able to run their business. They're able to run, you know, make a really good business out of who they are. So there's a, there's a lot of that in it. And I think, I think some businesses lose that they get stuck in, you know, I just need to make money. You know, I want to be proud of, of how I make a living. And obviously I want to take care of my family, but you know, I'm not in this business for money. Otherwise, I might be in a different business. <laughs> might be an attorney. Uh, but, you know, I want to be proud of what I do. I want to be proud of the people I work with. So so let's provide a, uh, let's provide a, a, you know, an example for, for the viewers. And if, say, I'm, I'm a five-truck fleet, right? And I have basically nothing in place because, unfortunately, that's typically the situation. Um, they hear about you guys, you know, from our podcast because everybody listens to us. Just so you know, we're the world's biggest <laughs> trucking podcast. Right. It's, uh, yes, we're doing That's big things. Heard. Yeah. So, um, and uh, we they hear about you guys and they call you up and say, "Hey, listen, we have no clue what we're doing. We got more trucks landing. We're growing. You know, we got great freight. You know, we have some value with our company. Things are going good, but you know, we're just we're just lost. We can't keep employees. We can't. You know, we're having some insurance issues. You know." Where do you guys come into play? How does that conversation go? Yeah, so it, it really goes, um, schedule an on-site with us where we come on-site with them, we dig in and we go, okay, what what does your program entail? What does your operation entail? And and that, that really is us just taking a deep dive and looking at everything. We're gonna look at onboarding, we're gonna look at your recruiting, we're gonna look at your training, your policies, procedures, if you have any, just dissect your entire operation and find every exposure that could possibly exist. And really our, our mentality is, from the insurance perspective is, we're looking at you going, how do we get you into a captive insurance program, right? Because that's that's the ultimate, that's the holy grail of, of insurance. Course. And right? for those who don't know, what's captive insurance? So captive insurance is where you you own more risk, so you have a higher ownership of the, of the losses, but you share that risk with a group of people. And so if you don't tap into that risk sharing, all your premium dollars that you spent in that risk sharing come back to you after three years with a six to 7% interest. So, so now you're not paying just premium, you're paying, you're investing in your program where you can actually return some of those, those insurance dollars. And so getting you there is really what we're focused on. So if, if our companies that we do business with follow what we do and what we're teaching and, and what we're, we're suggesting they implement, you will be captive insurance ready. And that's something that you guys could even help the fleet that 100%. scales get into. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And what are some of the, put that in dollar signs, what could that do for a trucking company if they got into a captive insurance program? Oh, that, I mean, that, that could take your, 
I mean, I, I see customers that are getting a hundred to, to $200,000 a year back. Back. That they yeah. in right. So we have, we have several uh, customers that are in insurance captives. Um, we, we took one, one, uh, company, they had $750,000 on average in loss every year. And, and they're not, they're not terribly huge. I mean, just had some significant loss or in a captive insurance. The first year they did business with us, they went from 750,000 the previous year to $62,000. Wow. That's huge. So, so then you take, you take that savings and go, okay, on my accidents that my insurance paid for, this is how much I saved. They owned the first 25,000 of those, of those accidents. So you can imagine 750,000, you know, I, I would guarantee you 60% of those, they paid $25,000 out on their own pocket. So, so plus all the insurance premium that they paid in into that captive insurance that helped cover the, everything above that 25,000, right? So, so all that money came back to them that first year. Now we're on pace, we're probably gonna do about 90 grand this year in, in loss. They had a, a few major ones that, that came through, but they're not having 750,000 consistently. So we're gonna, we're gonna shave your losses just because that's what we do. We attack what's allowing losses to occur. Then we're gonna increase your driver retention. It costs money to, to add drivers. So, I mean, the savings, the savings by adding our services is it far surpasses what our cost is. Okay. And and we're way, way lower than a full-time safety manager. So I think um, that deep dive is really crucial into getting them on the right path because from there we build this action list. We say, here's all the things you're missing and here's the low-hanging fruit that we're going to help you build right now. So for the next 30 to 60 days, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And when that's done, here's what we're going to focus on. And when that's done, here's what we're going to focus on. And then in about six, six months to, to 12 months, we're going to come back in and look at it again and go, okay, is it working? And if it's not working, we're going to fine tune it. And if it is working, what else can we do? And we're just constantly looking at how can we improve your program and start adding more and more and more. Okay. Um, so, and then, and then help you manage it and help it, you oversee it. And usually there's a, there's a, there's a fleet size where the captive starts to make sense. Do you know about what that size is? Yeah. I mean, when you're 30, 40, 40 trucks or it's more. It's time to start kind of looking. It's, it's time to look at that. And yeah. then in the meantime, in getting there, so I'm five trucks right now and I'm scaling. So have you guys seen uh, cost reduction, maybe insurance-wise yeah. or driver retention, stuff like that from your services? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And we took, uh, uh, well, I mean, it, yeah. it, you guys are a prime example of that, right? I don't know how much we, how much what we've done in the, the getting you into the fleet program has done for you, but I'm sure there's some, some savings that, that's come across from that. There's definitely not an increase. So we've taken uh, um, most of our customers uh, have now renewed insurance since they started business with us. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, 90% of them haven't had an increase. Wow. They stayed, they stayed level, which is unheard of. You're usually seeing a six to, to 10% increase in insurance right now. Mm-hmm. So just natural. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Insurance is increasing. Along so with when you can flatline, like that's a win. Well, the, the other thing is, is when you get to that size to be in that to go for captive, you know, what insurance looks at every year is they look at your run rate. They're going to look at, at a minimum of the last three years. So, you know, if you wait until I'm going to get insurance and now I've decided I'm going to do something about it, well, you got three years of history chasing you. So you're going to have three years. You got to be safe before you can actually get that good insurance. So, you know, starting, starting early and getting on the right program makes a big difference. And then we talked about this earlier, but, you know, 
building your building your process and this is how we always we've always done it we've always done it right it's really hard to change later sure. it's at five trucks it's really easy to do it right so that when you're at 10 trucks you're already doing it right when you're at 20 trucks you're doing it right it that 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 stays right so those those policies those processes the expectations of your driver they ramp up it's it's the same for five as it is for 20. sure and it's if just harder to change 20. And if your ultimate goal is to get into captive, it's nice to be able to have all that in place. So essentially, as soon as you hit that number where it makes sense, essentially, I mean, you can literally walk right through the door into those right. uh, more like affordable credit score. Rates. You go, well, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the, you know, the captive insurance Give me programs, the black card. I mean, that's what they're, they're looking for. They're looking for driver training. They're looking for policies, procedures. They're okay. looking for technology that you use to mitigate safety. They're looking, I mean, th those are all the things that we're helping implement. So even though they're not captive insurance ready now, by the time they're 30 trucks, it, it's so ingrained in their operation that it's a no-brainer. And I would, so go ahead, well, sorry. I, I always tell carriers that we talk to, you know, and, and especially as we start to grow, is that it's important to put yourself in the shoes of whatever you're complaining about. So if you're complaining about insurance, try to put yourself in their shoes and understand, first of all, how does insurance make money? Right. You know, don't just, don't just look at their big fancy buildings and say they got all the money in the world. Well, they don't owe you anything. So how do they make money and what do they expect? And and even as a smaller fleet, say if you weren't, say if your goal is not even going captive, for an example, ask yourself, like if we hadn't gotten to that fleet program, now we can add trucks at an exceptional rate with very little you know restriction as far as, because they've seen what we put into place. Well, that revenue that the extra five, 10, 20 trucks adds is immense. And you know, commonly it's important to actually look at what something really costs you. So when they bring on Synergy and they see that cost, don't look at that cost, look at the other cost. Cause that cost does, you know, it, Well, look it, at the return, right? Well, that's, that's the thing is yeah. people will look at the, you know, whatever the dollar is and they don't look at what is the return on investment. That's an important thing. I don't think people really understand is what is it costing you in the future? If you don't do it, they just look at that initial cost and they say, that is a lot of money. Well, it's not, if you look at it properly, that's very important. Well, now the, the other thing you have to keep in consideration too is, and I think this is where we fit in really well, is you know if you come into to the industry with nothing, well you're gonna you're gonna have to settle for uh, uh, an insurance program that probably has a loss ratio of a dollar fifteen, right? So they're losing fifteen cents on every dollar of insurance premium spent, so they're gonna make up for it somewhere, oh, right? And that's gonna come from anybody they add into the program. So you're automatically gonna get increases to make up for that that loss ratio. So when you can fit the appetite of the companies that have you know, a 90 cent loss ratio where they're not struggling. They, you know, they're making 10 cents on every dollar premium. Well, now you're not having to cover everybody else's losses, right? So, but you can't fit that if you don't have the program. And I think that's what we do really well is we help you build a program that fits the appetite of those more reputable insurance companies. So do your research on the insurance too. If you're not digging into that insurance carrier that you're going with, you know, if you and, and sometimes we're we're taking whatever our agent gives us. Luckily, you have a really good agent. There's not a lot of really good agents out there, yeah. so you know they're just as bad as the cutlass salesman on some of the training we talked about earlier. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's like you don't want a used car salesman for your insurance broker either. And and I think you know that's why it was so important for us to dig in and build relationships with insurance brokers Absolutely. and insurance companies because we go hand in hand. And then, and then when I have a customer that has a really bad experience with an insurance broker because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, I've got access to so many others that I can link our customers up to to get good 
good coverage, well, good, that good has, insurance. That has huge value, right? Just yeah. the relationships. I mean, you've mentioned so far, you've mentioned software, you've mentioned uh, that they might need to be implementing, you've mentioned insurance, you've mentioned uh, captive program, you know, all these things I'm assuming are probably relationships that you guys have built throughout the years in the industry as well. You probably could help them with and kind of help, you know, right. mentor and coach them into and not just that, but link them up with when the time comes. We have, we have an insurance company that builds our services right into their premiums. Wow. So, I mean, and anybody who signs up and he's like, Hey, I need, I need them to be with, with Synergy. They, they pay the insurance company and the insurance company pays us. That's how he mitigates his risk. And one of the things that's really helped us. And I think when we started this, you know, with the idea of not, of not coming in and telling you what to do and then leaving, you know, we, we, we decided, Hey, we want to be involved for, for at least two years. We want to be involved to make sure one, we get it in and two, that you actually do it. And we kind of monitor and keep it in place. Right. Um, and in that, we also we also looked at costs. So we do a lot of work up front, but we spread our costs out over two years. So, so you know, it's it's not really for most customers. Not a big. It's not a big pill to take. You know, they go, well, that's not too bad because that's that's less than I would pay a safety manager. A lot less than I would pay a safety manager, and I get to pay it over two years. And you know, for us, we're going to do really most of the work in the first ninety days because that's when a lot of it happens. And then we're just going to be engaged for the rest of the time, making sure that. You're actually doing what you know what we talked about, and that we're there if you need something. Your point, hey, we had a had an accident, or we had some type of incident. Let's talk about it. Let's let's revisit the process. Let's let's root cause it. Figure out what changes we can make to yeah. make you better. So, and and going back to what John said, I don't care if you're spending as a business. It doesn't matter if you're spending two twenty dollars on a on you know a gallon of gas, or you're spending you know two hundred thousand dollars on a semi truck. The question is always, does this provide value for the money that I'm going to put in? Right? I don't care what I have to invest. It's not about the upfront cost. It's about is there value for return on that investment? And if you can walk in there, which I know you guys can, and and show that there's there's value to be return, you know that there's value to be gained, and that there's money back on what they're providing, then the money shouldn't, the money up front should be a no brainer. You know what I mean? It's, it's just that simple. I, you know, I know I sell obviously very high ticket items, you know, and, uh, and the first question is always, uh, well, a, how do I compare, you know, what value am I providing that my competitors don't, how do I compare cost wise? And then, uh, can they return on it? You know, those, that's at least where I direct them to. Mostly because that last thing I want them doing is sitting there going, oh, well, I'm about to spend like $2 million with this 20-year-old kid. I don't know about this, you know, like, so keep them focusing on what the end goal is. But, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't matter if it's 30, 90, 100, $500,000 if you can make money on it. It's all ROI. Right. It's all return on investment. It's what the business people care about. Well, and, the, and the, the cool part about what we do too is, is <clears throat> so there's, there's a massive shortage of true safety professionals in the industry, mm-hmm. right? So trying to find, you know, when you get to the, the companies who have, you know, 50, 60 trucks, even 30 trucks, they're like, I need a full-time safety manager, but I can't find that person for less than $120,000 a year, right? Um, depending on where you're at. Sure. So, um, but even then, less than $60,000 a year, you can't find a safety professional. And so that's, you know, really we provide a safety team for less than, Forty thousand dollars a year, yeah. right? For a company that size, <laughs> we right. don't get recruited to go somewhere else. No, and, and, <laughs> and, and you, you got to replace me. Yeah. You also can't pull me away and put me on a truck and have me go drive for you. I'm fully focused on your program. Johnny's fully focused on your program. Our entire team is focused on it. So, you know, I think I think when you talk about you know the ROI, well, you you need a safety manager at that point 
Do you invest in a old driver who's never done safety before? Or do you invest in people who have 50 plus years of safety experience? And that's, and that's exactly where I was going next. A lot of the fleets that I find, they typically go find their safest driver. They're like, hey, I got a promotion for you, buddy. You want to come sit in this office, right? And, uh, and that's, I mean, I know of a fleet in Salt Lake City, that's 100 plus trucks. Great fleet, phenomenal people. And what they do is, I mean, safety is absolutely paramount for sure. I mean, high value cargo, everything else. But, but um, that's exactly how they filled that position. You know, as is, they went and found a driver, and they're like, "You're pretty good. Why don't you come teach other people what you're doing?" Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, could you guys tell us a little bit about where your experience comes from and why I should trust you? Like, why would somebody say, "Okay, Synergy obviously knows more than somebody else I could find"? Yeah. Want me to first? Yeah, you go first, and I'll... so uh, so you're the food service stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, well, so, so for me, I, I started out as a dispatcher in food service right out of high school at night, uh, back before computers. Hand wrote COD manifest, worked my way through distribution, drove a truck. Um, I've had my CDL. Well, I've driven a truck since 1987. Um, I've had my CDL since 1992 because prior to that, you know, just good luck. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't really worry about the rules back then before the CDL rules. Um, so been in the industry a long time. You know, managed a lot of companies. Worked my way up to, to vice president. Um, you know, ran a lot of distribution companies, big distribution companies with a lot, you know, small drivers to a lot of drivers throughout my career. So, I mean, just kind of developed through that and, and, you know, safety always mattered because for me, uh, what I found is as I, as I, as I got, well, even from being a driver, you know, early on as a driver, it was, it was, Hey, you know, you can, I I'd drive a truck and I'd come back in and the boss would say, I want you to go back out. And I'd say, I don't have any hours. And he'd say, well, let me see your log. I handed my log and he'd take it toss it in the back of the other one and say, right off duty last seven days and off you go, you know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm driving, you know, trying to stay awake. And so, I, so I saw a lot of that. And when I got into management, I'm like, that's not how it should be. And then you, you kind of realize as you get into managing a company that, that, you know, you have all these things you have to accomplish in the business and safety. Just, if you don't manage safety, it eats your lunch. Like it never, it's, you know, it's Murphy. It never shows up when you're sitting at your desk with nothing to do, you know, it goes wrong when you can't afford for it to go wrong. Um, and, and, you know, and seeing some bad accidents and seeing some people get hurt really affected me. So, you know, started getting involved in that and saying, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have I'm going to have really good safety. And, you know, when John and I worked together, you know, we had that that division. We had our own DOT number. And I mean, if you looked at our at our scores, they were a decimal. We were fantastic. And Mark D'Andre, who works for us, was was the safety manager prior to John. And we really worked on getting those things in place, on doing the right things. Then you could look at it and go, I'm proud of who we are. I'm really proud of what I built. I'm proud of this. You know, people used to ask, you know, you know, how are, how are your drivers? I'm like, I get the best drivers in the country. You know, and I did. And, and, and so, you know, that's really what got me and got me learning safety. And I've just always been that person where I really like to learn, you know, somebody says, Hey, you can't do this or you should do this. I'm going to go out and figure it out. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to ask people about it. I'm going to, you know, go ask the drivers, Hey, I want to do this. How do we do this? So it's always been really fun to build stuff and see people get better and see people succeed. So that's kind of what's driven me the whole time. And taking that one example, just real quick, sorry, uh, that one example of the company you guys worked for, how, how big would you say that company was? And then what was it before you guys got involved? So, um, with the safety pro, like what, what was the rating, I guess, if you will, like how much. So, so the rating was terrible. Um, before I started there, the, the two weeks prior, we, or the month prior, we'd had two, they'd had two rollovers, uh, both of them with doubles. Um, you know, accidents. I mean, I remember I'd probably been there about three months and we had a day that we didn't have an accident. 
<laughs> so, uh, and be like, yeah, we didn't hit anything today. People you know? were getting the bells. Uh, and yeah. You, know, you walk through the parking lot and look at the trucks and you're like, wow, yeah. you know, that one has a bumper. Yeah. The rest of them didn't, you know, it was, it was just terrible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, and you know, we were, I think 150 drivers. Okay. So, uh, ran all over, ran, ran five States. It was food distribution. So pr- pretty, pretty, pretty difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were, I think total, total all in with, with the, you know, just, just in Denver, we were 200 drivers when I left. Um, you know, our, our turnover when I got there was, was really high. You know, as we got, we talked about being more professional. As we got a, a structured program and got professional and operated safe, I mean, our turnover was less than 10%. Wow. Which is just yeah, phenomenal transportation. Huge. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and you know, we just, and, and it was, everybody was proud. They were proud of what they did. Our trucks looked great. You know, we, not that we didn't have accidents. They had bumpers. Um, you know, it, it, it just changed. So, you know, overall we had, you know, I, I really oversaw about 900 trucks because I did transportation for the entire fleet, but then Denver was its own DOT number and it was just really kind of the gem. So, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, my, you know, experience was I, I drove for food distribution company and then Johnny hired me to work on his team. When Johnny hired me, I was I was hired to run all the domicile yards. So I, I ran everything west of the Continental Divide um, in Colorado. And so um had a lot of yards with, with various drivers that were just kind of on an island by themselves, right? So when I started, uh, you know, the retention in those yards uh, was, was really poor. I think we had a 93% turnover rate uh, when I started. And so, um, you know, I really focused on building teams and being that steward of human beings, um, being the, the leader that I wish I would have had, sure. you know, growing up in the industry. And so, um, that's, that's what I focused on. And, and when I left that position and moved into safety and moved to Denver, um, I think our, our turnover rate was like 6%. I mean, we hardly lost anybody. So, um, so I uh, then I took over safety and really Mark DeAndrea created this this phenomenal program that I I had some big shoes to fill and I just took some of that that again that human leadership human you know servant leadership and and went into the into the safety the same mentality and um and then and then really that safety program kind of managed itself at that point it was it was running it was a well oiled machine um, and I got bored I got really bored. <laughs> And so I moved into being a director of transportation for, for another company that's in food distribution and took on that challenge and, and experienced, experienced a company that struggled with, with culture and, and had really bad culture. And I fixed the culture in my department and, and then insurance came along and they actually poached me from that company. And, and so then I, I think the value that I bring is, so I have the perspective of a driver, I got the perspective of a manager or supervisor, perspective of a safety director, perspective of a director of transportation, so really running the finances and the of the operation, and now insurance. And so there's really nothing that I haven't been able to experience when it comes to transportation management that that I wouldn't know how to handle. Um, and and I mean it gives me that unique perspective to like when we build your program, it's from all of those perspectives. How does this affect every human being that's working in your operation, including your insurance? And that's what's cool. I I, I see that. And I don't know if that was on purpose, but with synergy is that one thing people I think forget is that safety is part of culture. 
Right. And with Synergy, I mean, you're getting, you know, multiple elements. You're getting the culture. You're getting the business leadership. I mean, you, you've done warehouse building. You've done, you know, director of transportation. You understand finance. And, and being also down to the level of driver, you are able to connect what's, what's important to a driver, which is very important in what we do. Um, the entrepreneur part of me is very um, envious in a positive way of what you guys have created because you've actually created something to where you're at the insurance level to where you get a guy like me standing out in our yard that gets the phone call that says insurance I'm about ready to get questioned on the ability and so whatever it takes because we got to keep going because I'm looking obviously at the revenues but then you come in and transform more than just what the insurance is looking for and I think that's something that's really cool that um, you know, could help a lot of companies, people that really want to run a business, that really want to create something, that really want to be a change and a competitor uh, can definitely value from or bring value from what you guys are, are doing. So. Well, you hit on a good point. We see that it's hard to it's hard to operate safely if your business is chaotic. So that's that's how we get involved in other stuff, because you kind of look at it and go, how do we calm things down? And so that we can have some standard processes so that you can, you know, you can do what you need to do because, you know, we, you know, to John's point, I think you said earlier, as you go in there and they're just overwhelmed, mm -hmm. you know, they know what they need to do. They just don't have the capacity. Yeah. So, you know, we provide some of that capacity and then we also try to help them create that capacity in their organization without saying, Hey, you got to go hire two people. Cause that, that's not realistic, you know? So what do you have everybody doing and kind of digging through that business and figuring out where can, where can we guide you? And then, you know, the fun part is, is we, you know, we end up learning stuff in the process. Yeah. You know, we go, oh, I never knew that. I never thought of that. I, I, you know, I spent 30 years in the business and I've never seen anybody do that. That's a really great idea. So, you know, and then we can share that with somebody else. So we do a lot of, a lot of sharing, you know, give an example, some of the software origin was using, you know, we have three or four customers in now, wow. uh, drivers reach being one of them. Um, you know, we, we, we get to see the software and we go, wow, I never knew that was out there. That's, that's simple. That makes life easier, whatever that software is. And so, we, you know, when we're dealing with somebody else. We're like, Hey, let us show you what somebody else is doing. Or, you know, we've, we've, and John actually just talked to one of our customers, you know, we can have our customers talk to each other and kind of, you know, give some advice, share some knowledge, give some encouragement. Cause John was very encouraging to that customer. So, uh, you know, telling them, hang in there, you're going to get there. It's going to be okay. Um, so I think that's been kind of a cool thing in, the, in what we do. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's building a network of, of people, you know, and, and absolutely talk about these relationships. It's, it's all about the relationship. And if we can, if we can create a network of people that this is the standard for the industry and this is what we're going to hold the industry to that's above and beyond regulation. Well, what a powerful thing. I mean, if you want to drive down insurance costs, let's get everybody on the same standard, right? Cause your insurance premiums are as high as they are because nobody else has the same standards as you do. Right. And, and so if everybody can get on the same platform, the same standard, man, insurance would be so much cheaper. Absolutely. Yeah. It, so, it brings the, bring the good ones together and take the bad ones away. Right. And, you know, rather than have to pay for all the bad ones. So right. with, with Synergy, what's next? I mean, I know you guys have grown an immense amount in the last year, but I mean, what's next? Do you guys have the driver education network? Um, that's pretty cool. I see that everywhere. If you want to tell them a little bit about that and then, um, what else? You do that. Okay. Well, so, you know, it's interesting. We've created a few things just kind of out of necessity. So as, as, as we got into, to, uh, you know, doing what we do with Synergy, you know, one of the struggles was, you know, training. We, you know, we go in and say, okay, what do you do for training? You hire a new driver. What kind of training do you give them? I'm like, well, you know, we tell them where the truck's parked. You know, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. training, right? Yeah. Do you do any defensive driving training? And some of them do. Some of them yeah. do safer, Smith systems or whatever. You know, we started looking at it going, you know, one of the big questions is, do you have any recurrent training? 
So maybe you hire the driver and they watch five videos and you stick them in the truck and off they go, right? What happens after that? You know, when do you remind them about safety? Do you do any recurrent training? Do you do any training if that driver has an accident, which I, you know, I think we both always feel is real important. Do you have that kind of reset when something yeah. happens? Uh, and, and it just wasn't out there. And if it was, it was, you know, it was really dated, yeah. you know, and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of that training, it's, it's somebody in 1975, they're going to sell you a cutlass. You know, it's just, it's just the driver's asleep in that training. Um, you know, so we started talking about building training and, and, you know, John always says it's death by PowerPoint. That's a lot of training. I'm going to show you 25 PowerPoints. I'm going to talk to you and, and the driver's going to walk out of there going, man, I'm glad that's over. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so Back we decided, John and I started building some training and in the midst of it, we hooked up with some teachers and we said, Hey, you know, can you, they built curriculum in the state of Texas. And we said, Hey, can you, can you look at it and help us? And they, they looked at it and of course they're like, well, you know, that's kind of ugly. You know, you understand you're teaching and, and kind of a cool thing that happened in that process was we had started managing cameras for customers and, and it was really initially it was John and I, and, um, you know, they said, Hey, why don't you let us manage cameras? And, you know, we asked why, and they said, well, if we're going to, if we're going to help you build training, we want to see what you're trying to fix. I love that. So they took over the camera management, you know, they started managing cameras. They got to see, Hey, you know, this is what distracted driving in a, in a truck looks like, which they had never seen. They were teachers you know they're completely stunned a guy driving a tractor trailer texting driving down the road not looking out the Playing windshield Tetris, yeah. changing lanes you know um so they, they got to really see that firsthand and then they actually went out and took we wanted to build defensive driving first they took smith systems they took um the national safety council they took a couple other ones they actually signed up and took the courses and, and got qualified in what, whatever that safe driving tech class was and you know their first comment was how does anybody learn from that you know, it's really detailed and, and it was kind of interesting with them watching the drivers in the truck. One of the comments they made is they said, you know, it looks like looks to us like most drivers are about ninth grade. They're about a ninth grade level. That's what they operate at. And, you know, they shared some information with us that said basically about what is it, 64% of the country reads at a sixth grade level. So they said, you know, we went to these classes and these classes really aimed at somebody that might be going to college. And, and that's not really what, what adults learn at. You know, they, they really learn it, you know, probably about uh, you know, between a sixth and a ninth grade level. So you should be teaching that. And I learn at a kindergarten level. Yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah. you, you got to cater to each individual driver, I'm sure, you know. I, my, I can, I can, uh, I can uh, relate to that. My, my wife is a, uh, is, a, is a teacher, actually, for CCSD. And um, she specializes in autism and, yeah. and you know, and uh, stuff like that. So, and one of the things I've kind of learned watching her go through college and also teaching and, and everything is just how in depth and how specific, you know, it is to, to actually get something to stick and, and relate with somebody and get it to actually ingrain. I mean, there's different philosophies, uh, teaching philosophies. There are different ways to do it. Different people learn different ways. I mean, it's a lot more in depth. Now, I will say what they compensate a teacher at for learning all that is kind of ridiculously nothing but but i mean it's 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 a lot more in depth than just getting up there and teaching a curriculum at least it should be you know at least for a good teacher it is right so um that was really interesting that's the first training they built, bring them in you talk about those principles the first training they built was was distracted driving and we, we had given them all kind of here's what we wanted it and of course they added a lot of it and they built it into curriculum but if you if you went through our distracted driving at the end there's three things i want you to know eyes on the road hands on the wheel, mind on driving. And if you take that course at the end, you know, those three things. And I remember that we did the first course and they said, you know, why don't you test it? And I tested it and I actually had my wife take it. And the next day I asked her, what was that course about? And she's like, eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, mind on driving. And I, and I never forgot it. And you know, John, same thing. We went through that. And I mean, you know, we initially designed that for our customers. And then really what we saw was there just isn't that in the industry. You know, they don't have current training. Most training's too long because you're your typical 
drivers, they got 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, you're talking to yourself. Yeah. They're not paying attention. And, and a lot of them give a lot of theory. I'm going to tell you why you should defense the driving. They just want to know, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, right? Sure. So, you know, once we went through the training, we thought, you know, a lot of people could use this training, not just our customers. Um, you know, we built it with no sign-in. We built it with no, uh, you know, no username password for the driver because if you've ever managed drivers, they know it once and the next time they don't know it and it's a nightmare to manage What's that. my login? <laughs> right. uh, What's my password? Login. Yep, and that's all you're doing. And, and we kind of took a step it. back when we, when we decided to, to, to roll it out to other customers. I looked at it from the standpoint of having been a manager. So when I managed drivers, you know, I would go out and, and buy these training systems and they all had an LMS. And the best I can tell you is it was just like buying a gym membership. You know, I went for the first month and then I never went again. So I would go in and design this cool training program for my drivers in January. And then I would never train my Janu my drivers again. Probably wouldn't follow up that they actually took it. And then we'd go all year and then the next December they would send me a bill for training. And I'd be like, well, should I get rid of that training? No, I'm going to train them this year. And so I'd pay for it again for another year and not use it. So Got to love gym memberships. Right. Yeah. So we just kind of looked at our training and said, if, if we're going to have this really good training, that, that, you know, is, is, is kind of developed with safety professionals and teachers, um, and it's modern, how do we, how do we make sure they can actually take it? And, and a lot of that is kind of what John talked about with creating capacity. They don't have time to manage it. The manager in that company will not manage that safety. They just don't have time. So, so we do all that. So we, we built it so that we manage it all. We push it on the three times a month, actually. We'll send all the training out in the first to all the drivers, and then anybody doesn't take it, will get it again on the 10th or again on the 20th if they still haven't taken it. So we, we constantly send it to them. It goes to their cell phone, to their email. So it's just pretty simple. It's simple to the point. It's basic. And that's one of the things we developed that you know, we're, we're really happy with. And it's, it's not, you know, it's, there's not 250 courses because there's only a handful of things that you need a driver to learn. And if they do those handful of things, they're a great driver. Um, you know, they're not going to college. They, they're, 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 they've already been to college. They're driving a truck, right? You just want to get them, hey, here's the things you should do to be a safe driver. Here's what's going to get you home safe. And that's really what we focus on. Well, and a lot so. of college can learn something from that, too. And you're saying about it, you're saying about 15 minutes of their time, 15 minutes of their time, and they learn what they got to learn. Yeah, it's 15 minutes a month. And, 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 you know, back to that, when we talked about that insurance thing, that's one of the things the insurance company always asks. That's one other thing a plaintiff attorney is going to ask. You know, did you, have you trained your drivers? Well, yeah, I train my drivers every month. You know, the average company trains their drivers once when they start, maybe. And if they do any training, it's once a year. You in know, January. for us. Yeah, <laughs> After they've got the bill. Yeah, when it, whenever their, their New Year's resolution is. <laughs> it might be when their fiscal year starts, who knows. But it's always, hey, this one time a year we're going to do training, and then they forget about it. You know, for us, we just do it. I give it about five years until we see attorneys on strike. Synergy Solutions, get rid of these guys. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, we've 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 added some strategic partners too in in what we do, and um, you know, we're constantly looking for for new partnerships with with various um, people in the industry that that do um, good for the industry. So we've we've teamed up with Blue Wire. They are a um, um, Really, they focus on the plaintiff attorney attacks on reptile theory. Um, if you don't know what reptile theory is, you, you need to figure it out. Short and simple, it's plaintiff attorneys uh, triggering juries on their emotions to to basically say that that you as a company would do harm to them. Mm -hmm. And 
And so this 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 company, Blue Wire, has teamed up with us where we've got this really good partnership where we have all the components to help mitigate that from a from a procedural standpoint, and they have a tactical approach to help mitigate that and really understand what are your exposures to plaintiff attorney attacks. So um, you know, we're, we're, we're teaming up with them, we're teaming up with other, other tools to, to monitor CSA scores. So there's a lot of great stuff that we're building, some automation for, for accident reporting and all that. Um, we're going to be rolling out a new electronic accident kit that will be available to our, our customers. So, yeah, I love that. um, camera management, we're in beta testing right now for that. So camera management's ramped up and we've got a lot of great automation and, and reporting data collection on camera management so we can really pinpoint on behaviors in camera management beyond what the camera companies provide. So um, it's really just, if, if it makes sense, we're gonna add it and just become that, that one-stop shop for everything that you need when it comes to managing your business. Awesome. So, well, I, I wanna say firsthand, I appreciate what you guys do. Um, I'm excited to have companies like yourself in the industry. It helps uh, fire us up. I know we we talk about it a lot. Actually, coming into trucking was not our first choice. I mean, we, Travis, myself, and the two of you have something in common. We all came from food service. Um, but now as we got involved in trucking and we see individuals like yourself and, and other people that we jointly know as well, it uh, it, it inspires us to do better and and be the change that uh, we we all want to see. And it's 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 going to happen, you know, and it, it's pretty exciting. So. How can people follow you? Because I, I can't give a, a bigger recommendation than people at least reaching out to you guys and having a talk. So how, how do people find you? Yeah, I mean, they can they can find us on uh, on our website, uh, synergy-solutionsllc.com or drivereducationnetwork.com. They can also follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, that's We got a big presence on LinkedIn. So um, just find Synergy Solutions or Driver Education Network on LinkedIn. Um, and then, our, our own personal profiles on LinkedIn. We, we post a lot of um, good good insights and stuff there as well. But a Facebook page, a Twitter page. Facebook page, Twitter. Cool. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll put everything in the description yeah. below on both the podcast and, and Facebook. And any way we can help, we got your back. Awesome. We're, Thank uh, you. we're here for you. Any Anything else we want to add before uh, wrapping this up and get them to the airport? Just make sure you drop in their DMs, man. <laughs> get in there. Yeah. 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 Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us, guys. I appreciate it. And until next time, check out Synergy Solutions and see you then.